You're listening to Go with Jamarlin Martin. We have a go hard or go home approach as we talk to the leading tech leaders, politicians, and influencers. Let's go. Today, uh, we have Jay Martin and Vicky Jordan. They are branded content all-stars, producing content for brands such as Toyota, Honda, Nissan, all the the big uh, Fortune 500 brands. They're producing content uh, for them. How's it going, ladies? Great. How are you? Pretty good. And for the audience, Jade is my sister. Yes. For our audience out there, how did you guys get into the game and what you're doing now? Well, this is Jade. For me, um, I started when I first came on to Moguldom. Um, I was working in entertainment before that. I was interning at all different types of record labels. That was my initial dream to become A&R, which quickly shifted once I got my first internship at uh, a major record label and saw the way things worked inside. Um, then I had the opportunity to work at Moguldom. Then I learned how to be a production coordinator. Then I became a self-taught producer, um, as well as like a cameraman and editor and so on and so forth. For me, um, I was a graphic designer and I was working in entertainment and publishing. And um, after a while, when marketing design um, became digital and then started to move into video, um, I wanted to do more branded content. I felt like my aesthetic would also resonate on screen. So I kind of started to move into production on my own. And then I had a random meeting with a friend of mine. (laughs) She was like, I have this producer role. And I was like, I would like that role, please. And she hired me. (laughs) And so I've been doing strictly branded content um, since then for I1. Okay, as you know, there's many flavors of branded content. How would you define branded content for the audience? The specific type of branded content you uh, do for clients. How would you define it? Well, for our team, um, it's either we're planning an event for you um, or we're planning some type of video. No matter what, there's always video content. Even if it's an event, we're capturing some kind of content so that it's living um, digitally and, and bringing you an audience to your, to your platform. But it's always um, what we try to do is do something uh, multi-platform. Like we'll do articles. Uh, that are sponsored by Toyota and talk about some kind of theme that Toyota is working with. We'll do a video that kind of goes along with that theme as well and um, taps the talent that they really like. And then we'll do um, an event along with that as well. We also have TV properties and radio properties. So if a brand is interested in that, sometimes we'll partner with the cross-platform team and also do radio drops, do um, cut downs of the videos that we create for digital to run on TV. We're usually trying to come together with a a nice integrated program that will boost whatever theme or advertising campaign that client is is coming up with. How often is it, hey, this is just your idea and the brand is taking your idea uh, versus a collaboration on the idea? I would say a lot of the times it's more so our idea because our integrated marketing team comes creates custom ideas specifically for our brands because we know our audience better than our brand than the brands know our audience. So they come up with custom ideas and then Vicky and I can tweak them based on our expertise. We'll be like, hey, we won't be able to produce this in enough time. We won't be able to produce this within these budget parameters. So you need to change the idea this way. Or we feel like our audience would like something different. So you should alter the idea this way. And then the client will buy that idea 
idea that our team creates. And then how often does the client mess stuff up? Meaning that they come to you like, hey, we want to know the hot stuff. We want to know how to create content for the urban African-American community. We're coming to the experts, people who are in culture for the idea. But then you guys present the idea and they want to kind of try to come in and Debo their own ideas and mess the stuff up. Then it performs poorly. And then they're like, man, what happened? You know, we got a bad thing. But the problem could be you tried to mess up our original idea. So we had to run with it. How often does that come up? For me, the two reasons where clients mess up the most um, are product placement and talent. So in terms of talent, they don't let us push talent that we feel will work better than with our sites. They might not be as brand friendly as some other talent that they will want, but they might want more cookie cutter uh, talent Someone to be that they're featured familiar in with, the, and they're yeah. like an old head. But nowadays, it's like the millennial audience, our urban audience, we want people that are relatable to us and that we see on TV. They might have messed up. They might not be as brand friendly, but that will resonate with our audience more. So a lot of times we feel like the talent that we are forced to go with might not perform as well as the talent we would naturally want to put in the video. The second reason I feel like they mess up is product placement. So we have issues all the time where we want to push less product, less product because we want it to be organic. But especially automotive industries or other clients, they want to put way too much product where it doesn't fit within the storyline. And then that defeats our whole purpose of branded content because we don't do commercials. We tell stories. Sounds like there's just a lack of trust with, with, with brands where, hey, we're trying to tell you who we know. Right. Are, you know, These are the hot people, the young people right now. You're not going to know them at the agency side, but you got to trust us. But they come and like, I want Christina Million. Uh, I know that name. Uh, let's use that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that there's like, well, there's this chain, right? Um, the agency gets the creative brief from the the client. They send it to us if we come up with the ideas. There's this whole chain of people that have to be satisfied. And if the people at the um, uh, at the agency don't get what you're saying and don't trust you and don't have that rapport with you and know that the type of content that you uh, you put on your platform works for your audience, then they're going to be hesitant. And then if they're reporting back to their client and their client is like, hey, I don't know Lil Duval. Right. Who, you know, I only know Anita Baker. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um, can we get Anita Baker? And then you're like, nobody on this site, like you're targeting a whole different audience. I think that it's like a, an understanding of the audience that's kind of lacking sometimes. Um, and we, part of our job is to always be pushing back respectfully saying you hired us to do this because we do this, because we know who's clicking and we know why they click. And they're going to watch this if they don't see, you know, um, Nissan logos and car shots every two seconds. They're going to watch it for the story because they want to see this person that resonates with our audience. Are you generally uh, making a higher margin on the campaign uh, in terms of uh, profit on the event side as opposed to video? Like, is there a clear kind of, hey, this bucket over here, uh, we're going to make more money uh, when you factor in all the costs? Uh, is it kind of clear cut that events are better than video? That's a tough question because um, 
they're usually packaged together for us. There's yeah. never going to be an event where we don't capture content and put it out somewhere. Um, I would say, to me, content is king still. Yeah, when you when you get a uh, celebrity, what range have you paid out to the celebrity uh, in terms of, hey, for this program for Toyota, we need to get the celebrity, Kevin Hart or whoever. Uh, what's the biggest kind of amount that goes into the pocket of a celebrity? Um, I feel like we might tell too many secrets if we disclose the number. Okay. But like, like no, no, no. But like, you could just not necessarily. I would say hear, it's not as much as you think. So like 50,000, 100,000, you've seen like checks like that. Like, hey, to be a part of your program, yeah. you may have to pay 50,000, 100,000 to uh, a celebrity. One thing that really dictates what we're working with is what African-American agencies get nowadays. They get a lot less money than they used to get. Mm -hmm. So the budgets in general, the buys that they're making are smaller. So, and you know, we only get a percentage of that to actually produce content with. Yeah, so, so we're working within smaller parameters. So on my end, because I'm on the digital team and we don't always have these cross-platform buys that are larger than ours, I'm usually working with less money. Yeah. So I've paid people from $200, um, you know, to someone who's really hungry and, and kind of on the edge of breaking up to like 15, 20, um, somebody who's really established. Um, but it has so much to do with like how many posts they're doing, how they're boosting the content, how many videos they're gonna be in, what we're actually asking them to do in the video, you know, how many followers they have and how much engagement they have. There's a lot of formula that goes into trying to calculate that number, but I mean, it can range. For somebody like Kevin Hart, like I wouldn't even know where to start for his fee. It right. would be Yeah, huge. I remember we did something. We, we, we partnered with the agency, uh, but Kevin Hart had partnered with Ford. But I imagine that had to be right. uh, a really big number back in the day. For us, where we catch a break on talent fees is the fact that our brands are known. So we can get, we garner really good relationships with talent based on our brands. So if we're like, hey, for this project, I can only pay you 10K for a couple of social posts, but you typically, you usually get 30, 40K for something like this, but because it's going on a Bossip or a Madame Noir or Hello Beautiful, they're willing to be like, okay, we'll do it for this because we know you guys, we know your brand, we agree with what you guys are doing and we support it 100% even though there is a brand tied to it. Yeah, what would you say to this person who would say, hey, branded content is everywhere now. Uh, it's like crowded. It's like a bubble where it used to be, like let's say five, six years ago, like we offer these branded content programs, like nice, we love the custom stuff. Uh, but nowadays, so many folks are in that bucket, it becomes much harder to differentiate. Can you talk a little bit about how competitive competitive it is now because a lot of people are doing branded content i definitely think it's everywhere but i also feel like there's still a lot of room for improvement um because a lot of things that there's branded content out there now even in just on ig stories on facebook that's not even intended to be branded content with youtubers that are just literally telling their daily stories about what products they use on a daily basis and someone like me goes out and gets a curly hair product because i see my favorite youtuber you know and she's not even making money off of that video so i definitely feel like it's everywhere um but there's still a lot of things that we need to do to where we can we can um, 
basically get better at what the way they're targeting everyone in terms of brand, branded content so we yes it was i don't know if it was yesterday or the day before but um there was a really great thing that happened on social when t-pain was t um talking about y'all have to like stop playing the same songs as you're bored in the airplane to delta and they they saw it and they tweeted him back and were, and played his song. They played his song on his plane the next time he got on a plane and he recorded it and put it up. And there was all these tags. It was like the best branded content by accident, like earned branded content mm -hmm. yeah. um, that I've, it was so great. And I feel like for me, the, the way to do it better is to really pay attention to where your audience is, um, what they enjoy, like be in your group chats, look at the things that people are sending and and pay and like make that kind of stuff. It doesn't have to be super high production value, although I think as producers we really want to do stuff that looks good and we invest in, but I think it's really about just kind of like accepting that this is where the audience is, this is what the audience likes and trying to do that, not necessarily overly brand that thing, but get the personalities that people like, let them be themselves and you know, let them somehow subtly brand this so that they're like, oh my God, Delta is so cool. Look at what they did with T-Pain just randomly. They played his song on a plane. Like they got so much play off of that mm -hmm. and no checks, right? What brand have you worked with where you just loved working with them? They had, you know, good, you know, professionalism, they're moving fast, they're responsive, they're not trying to micromanage. Is there a brand that stands out in your portfolio over the years like, man, I love working with this company? Can we say it at the same time? I know. Wait, what are you going to say? McCormick. McCormick. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the seasoning. Yeah. Uh, yes. So recently we did a campaign for Lowry's and Vicky and I were like, we love this client. They understood the story. They understood product involvement in the story. They didn't want us to put product everywhere when it doesn't make sense. They didn't want the talent to interact with the product when it doesn't make sense. If the talent doesn't say Larry season and salt, they didn't want the talent to say Larry season and salt. They wanted the talent to just say season and salt. And we were like, we love you because, because this is what people normally would do. And the content came out so great. You, it was so inorganic. The, the, Conversation was great. Another client um, that I personally love working with is McDonald's. Um, they really just let you do whatever you want with the content, but also figure out a great way to or like integrate the product. When you say McDonald's, are you talking about, are you working with them on the corporate level or are there agency? agency? Agency. Same with McCormick. Same with McCormick. Yeah. Uh, so you can't really... Well, Can you really talk about the brand or is it the agency? Well, and, and who has that account? For McDonald's, um, it's more so just agency. Like we've never direct like directly dealt with the client. But for McCormick, the actual client was on set. And when we talk about how great it was working with them, we're talking about the actual client because she was the one on set being like, No, we want to do this or approving this and not approving that. So I felt like with having clients on multiple sets, she was the best one of the best clients that we've ever dealt with on set yeah so i had the urban one uh ceo on the podcast alfred liggins and he said that um facebook has never reached out to the company and you know you guys are a big monster across radio across tv across digital you guys are really in the industry but he said that they never reached out for a conversation 
And I'm aware, uh, based on the folks that I know, that Facebook, they were building a multicultural team in secret. And, uh, and they had picked off some of the, the salespeople here at Urban One or before Radio One. And so Facebook is going after the black money, like on the low. Like, like they're saying, hey, we got to hire these people out of the industry and we want that money too. So they're going into the Burrells, the Uniworlds, the Media Vest, and they're saying, we want that black money too. And they're educating clients. They're, they're taking all the game they learned like at the black media companies from here, and Facebook is putting more resources behind it. And then people are like, man, there's no more money left. Well, Facebook is starting to direct money to the black money, the multicultural pot into them. And so... The response was, hey, they can't really do custom stuff and kind of more creative stuff. But now Facebook is bringing on Jana Pickett, is hiring more shows. So now if they want that black money, they got kind of like more weapons. How do you feel as professionals kind of working hard? And there's some things out there where people have big wallets and a lot of resources, but you guys have to go compete with these other folks with all these resources. I mean, that's the game. I feel like we're in this like <laughs> yeah. crazy time time where you know black agencies are turning over into multicultural agencies and I just as the country changes, the game changes, digital changes so fast. Um I don't know. I just I think, you know, How do you feel about Facebook trying to pick off the black pot too? Like he's like, hey, they just got to make money. Their business, like, their business. Yeah. But like, it's like there's a there's a weird like, <laughs> there's always this give and take, right? It's like, um, you're 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 happy that people finally take black dollars seriously, right. but then at the same time, they're taking black dollars in like to themselves. It's it's yeah, like, it's if, like if, essentially, hey, we're on Instagram, uh, we're on Facebook hard. Like, a lot, lot of engagement, and Facebook is getting all that data, all that money, uh, and then the money that they don't get, they're arming up to go get what's left. So what doesn't go to the robots in their systems, uh, they're going to go after the, 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 the what's left over. I just think that in capitalism, in our society, like, you can't fault a business for trying to get make money or profits, but we got to start thinking about this. Hey, if you have monopolies, big monster corporations trying to pick off all the little stuff that we have in black media and not respecting black media and just gobbling up the data, gobbling up the money, not leaving anything left, using all these advantages, what does that society look like in 10 years? Do people need to be thinking about that, that if, if these big companies are going to start uh, uh, attacking uh, uh, and targeting black businesses uh uh, you know, how does that re-engineer society in, in terms of outcomes? I also feel like using the Facebook as an example, using Facebook as an example, that brands and larger companies need to realize our spending power earlier. Because like with Facebook, like, yeah, they're putting money in black dollars now, even though they're late to the bandwagon when it's like, essentially, we're, we made Instagram popping. Yeah. Facebook's this is the same thing, basically. I felt like um, they're now getting shows with Jada Pinkett and all that stuff when they should have done that a long time ago. But if they 
did that a long time ago. I mean, does that just weaken black media even more uh, in terms of you are, they are going out using Jada Pinkett and going to get all these ad dollars and it goes into the big beast. And then when you look at the Ebony's, the Black Enterprise, the the Urban One, the Essence magazines, I believe uh, part of the issue, like, you know, we're really hard on ourselves in terms of, man, you know, Ebony, uh, they didn't grow to be bigger. They didn't, they didn't have a better digital program, our Black Enterprise, our Jet, our, uh, our, our BET, but the black media companies are competing with these big monsters that have run over everything else, right? And uh, I don't know if, if that would have been healthy if Facebook entered into a targeted multicultural advertising earlier because they're just going to take more money out the pot. And our media companies become weaker as they get stronger. I don't think it's like, hey, everybody rises together. No, Facebook's trying to crush everything, take everything. Whatever happens left, y'all just figure it out. I feel like there's always going to be that Goliath somewhere. Mm -hmm. And um, in general, our country and our community needs to be more focused on just building power. Hey, when you say our, our country, world. you're starting to sound like MAGA. No, I'm are not. You, who, are you, who, no. who are you really banging with? Come on no. now. No, 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 I feel like, so when I think about, you know, people who, people who can kind of fight those battles, like um, starting things like Tidal and taking these um, distribution portals and, 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 putting black dollars behind that and owning our own content is all super important. Um, building black wealth in general in this country is super important because, you know, why wouldn't a seller here go to Facebook, you know, but a for bigger, a bigger, bigger check, check. Yeah. And, and, and also think that they're contributing to telling better, better stories from a more authentic perspective for this brand, you know, that is saying, hey, we, we, we finally see that, you know, we should be talking to you guys, you know what I mean, in, in, a, in a different way, not just from my perspective, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, like, it's like a, I, I think just in general, across the board, it's about building black wealth opportunities for people to come in and create these platforms that can take over the world, can go get VC funding and, you know, and, and do what you did. Early in your career, uh, Jade, you moved to New York mm -hmm. uh, a long time ago from L.A. Uh, did you move to New York from another city? Oh, my God, yes. Um, <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so just the train, train right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, what would you tell culture shock yeah what would you tell your professional self five years ago uh, uh, that you know today you didn't know then like in terms of navigating your career and, and, and life uh, like what are some things that you feel like you didn't know or you missed uh, five years ago in terms mm. of being successful uh, I think for me it's been the most important lessons are that flexibility is key. Um, and that's like on the ground as a producer, that's working with clients, being able to integrate their vision with our vision, maybe not always getting exactly what you want out of it, but understanding that, you know, they're, they're hopefully getting what, what they paid for. Um, and then don't be scared. Like I'm not, 
I'm not the type of person to not push back on things. Um, I've always, I think as a as a graphic designer and creative director prior to producing, it was like my job as a, as a, was a brand steward. You know what I mean? I was supposed to protect this brand that I was making this creative for. And I still have that in me. So when we do get into those um, battles with clients about, you know, but we really need another car shot or we, it's like this make the logo bigger thing, but now in, in video. And uh, I, I do feel like it's my responsibility to, you know, respectfully protect the platform that we're putting this on. And I think that that's like, don't be scared to do that. That's mm -hmm. been really important to me. For me, I would say it's probably two things. Um, the first thing would be to manage your connections better. Um, back then I didn't realize how important this industry is when it comes to who you know. So now in my career, like a lot of people that I've known over the years since, since I first started has helped me in my current role in terms of booking talent in the last minute or helping us secure locations within 24 hours because we're, this is what happens in production. Um, so definitely manage your connections better. And also don't be afraid to make your presence known. Um, I've often like the youngest person running a lot of these productions so being a female director on set being a producer on set and being the one in charge and being so young I used to kind of hide back and not voice my opinion on certain things and when I watch it in the edit I would have been like man I should have spoke up about that but because I was always like intimidated by the whole production crew and all that stuff but now it's just make your presence known everything comes out better because at the end of the day this is your production this is your your project and your show so you have to just you know say what you want to say being in this business as a black woman uh do you feel like hey i just had similar chances as a black man uh in 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 this field i would say correct me if i'm wrong our industry on the production side, not in the corporate side dealing with agencies. Our industry on the production side is very male dominated. So oftentimes we'll be the only woman on set, let alone being the one running the show, right? So I feel like we've even had, we've even talked about these experiences where we have certain clients, certain production companies that would treat us different um, if we were a male director on set versus a female director. And we've seen the switch when they see a guy running the show versus a woman running the show. And that just speaks back to what I was saying, like make your presence be known. At the end of the day, you're the client, you're in charge of the production. So whether you're a man or, or a woman, and we're very knowledgeable about a, a lot of aspects of the production, which a lot of um, men in production don't, expect from women I've even had issues going to equipment rental houses in LA and they would treat me terrible because I'm not a man coming up there asking for equipment and a lot of women don't deal with equipment because it's heavy and so on and so forth but it's like I just I feel like it's not necessarily a black woman thing it's more so a woman thing in general just because the production in all aspects. You see that with now with Ava DuVernay and, you know, Shonda Rhimes and Issa. That's why they're soaring like they are because it's really not that many women behind the camera in production. I'm trying to think, like, in the in the opportunities realm. Did yeah. I feel like I in lost In terms of, anything? like, you know, promotions and 
Uh, I feel just, like yeah. for a long time now, because I, I was out on my own before I came here. Yeah. So I feel like the mentality, and even before then, like, <laughs> I worked at Bad Boy, which is a place where you learn that if you don't push, you're not getting anything. How long did you work at Bad Boy? Um, Three years between Bad Boy and Sean John. So I feel like from then, it was never, I never expected anyone to give me anything. It was like, you're not going to get it if you don't push for it. So I don't even know if I noticed if I was missing things. Yeah. Because I was always like, oh, no, I got to do that. I got to do that. I got to ask this person. I got to network over here. You know, because it was always pushing, always pushing. And it wasn't just about being a woman or being a black woman. It was just like, this is a very small space, and I need that. So one of us is going to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was the culture of uh, Bad Boy and Sean John? What was that like? I think a lot of companies, <laughs> oh God, I think I'm gonna get in trouble on this one. Um, at that point, it was a long time ago. Um, I think a lot of companies were like uh, when you were a kid on the playground and you're like, when I grow up, I'm gonna be president, and you're gonna be vice president, and you're gonna be treasurer. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think a lot of a lot of people were there because they came up with Puff, and and they weren't good right away at what they did, or they didn't understand the business. And um, he's, you know, he's a genius when it comes to business. He's great at making deals. He's, you know, um, he changed hip hop. He changed. He made. He damn near made reality TV. Um, but it was. It didn't have the systems and the structure. No, in, I, in place that, that that you felt needed to be there at that time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it was like um, we were all still figuring it out. They yeah. were still relatively. I mean, they weren't at the beginning when I was there, but they were still relatively young and they were still figuring it out. And it's very different now. It's very. It's a lot more corporate from what I hear from the people that I know that still work there, but. At that point, it was like, you know, the executives got paid a ton. Everyone else got paid a little. We were like a weird dysfunctional family. We loved each other like crazy, but we were bonded in fire. How do you see the Revolt TV playing out? Uh, of course, uh, he, uh, he got a deal with uh, Comcast. They announced that they were going to do, uh, I believe, up to five uh, black and Hispanic uh, new channels. Revolt was one. But how do you see that? Do you watch Revolt? No. Um, you feel like it's... When it's, he it's, started it, yeah. I thought this was a great idea for him. It made sense, and it was really on brand for him. Um, I think it's... From the stuff that I've seen and from people I've talked to, it doesn't feel like it's found its place yet, like what what it's going to do really well and what people are going to tune in for. Um, but I think... I don't think it's impossible for them to do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I just don't think it can be a music video channel because you can see them on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I feel like sometimes we we get into stuff right before like the end. Uh, not necessarily with, with with Diddy, but let's say Comcast. They find multicultural religion uh, at the end. They want to do a deal for uh, NBC, and so they hook up with the Congressional Black Caucus. And they say that we're going to do all these great things and the regulators approve the merger. And so part of that push to get the merger approved, they threw out that, hey, we're going to 
uh, come out with these black and brown channels, and we're going to help fund them and get them started. Uh, but Comcra- Comcast uh, uh, gets the religion, but it's kind of like, in my view, in terms of market cycle, it's kind of too late because the TV market had just started to turn. So one thing I think uh, uh, Revolt and Diddy are facing is that they showed up at the party, but the party, they showed up at like 3 a.m. The cable market was a good business right to that point that a little bit after Revolt did the deal. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, uh, tough. But I still think if they, if they play in the digital space the right way, mm-hmm. I think they can still do it. It's just, yeah. you got to be you, th- you really think it just needs to be it. it needs to be engineered to like a digital platform you're you're saying yeah. and how would they do that oh, I and, don't know I, I I feel like these you, one has to be driving always driving to the other yeah like it has to be complementary content all the time and and like you know move away from the linear programming that we kind of are stuck in the 23 minute shows and you know this many commercials and da, da 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 I think to me I think Vice does it really well on their channel I sometimes just keep it on just because like random weird stuff comes up and I'm like oh my god that's so cool it's just random cool stuff yeah. and I feel like I feel like they could do that they just but they really have to have a really good strategy you know yeah and a really good authentic voice I also feel like with Revolt, they didn't have a clear strategy from the beginning because you knew it was a music channel, but then you got, first of all, it was limited. So a lot of people I know didn't even have Revolt. Then when I did watch it, it was like you had these type of shows and these, there was no cohesive strategy from the beginning. So I feel like if they can't even get that together, then just going strict, like, you know, utilizing digital more won't even help. And looking at Diddy's Twitter feed, uh, it seems like he's grown more conscious, more black mm-hmm. over the last few years. You guys are laughing. No, I you think, think that's you know, a joke? No, 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 no. I think that, um, and I don't, I don't like know him to be talking like. Yeah, I like I was right like there meeting Julia. But you know, he's a lot older now. I mean, he's he grows like everyone else. Grows, and I think that he, you know, he has a, a a family of you know older kids now, and um, I think he's more focused on uh, building a legacy, and I know that he's always wanted that to be a positive legacy. You know what I mean? What do you mean when you say that? What do you mean by that? I, I His legacy. I know that yeah. he wants his legacy to be very positive. I know yeah. that he's always wanted that. And there's a lot of stuff that you can say about him. He's been, he's done a lot. He's been through a lot, ups and downs, good and bad. You can look at him in a lot of ways. But I know that at the end of the day, he's always wanted to be remembered as someone who, who was positive and, and did a lot of good stuff. And I will say... Um, I, I have seen that in his interviews, his more recent interviews, that he's more focused on that. And for my part, I've not always been the biggest fan, but some of the things that we learned there are things that you're only going to learn with someone who doesn't sleep, someone who pushes you really hard, someone who doesn't take no for an answer, even if you're telling them it's impossible. like. I walked out of there, and a lot of us walked out of there knowing that 
the things that we thought were impossible yesterday were possible today. And I think that's why so many entrepreneurs came out of there. They were like, you know what? I can, I can do that. And I think that's a really good thing to have learned. And if there's another black person who's visible and who built an empire, who changed the face of entertainment, that's not such a bad thing. Yeah. You, know well, you, I mean? uh, you mentioned some entrepreneurs who came out of uh, the Diddy empire. Give me a couple. Well, Dowie Chow, he has the brand public school. Um, they won a CFDA award. He came from the Sean John family. Amazing person, amazing designer. Um, I remember when he was starting his tailoring classes when he was at Sean John, so he could learn, like, really learn how to make a piece of clothing, even though he'd already been a designer and marketer in fashioning in fashion forever. Um, but like that, that's a person who just took every lesson and 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 made it an opportunity, you know? Yeah. Um, I have a friend, Lenny Hernandez, who <laughs> started his own um, hot sauce line. It's just like, it doesn't have to even be like some <laughs> major thing. It's, it's just <laughs> the fact that you would take the, the moment and say, I can package this and sell it. Not everybody's going to do that. Yeah. You might have a recipe from some whatever. You would never take the next step. I think there was like a level of fear taken away when you find out that all this stuff is possible. Uh, I want to get your views on... Part of the problems in black culture uh, here in the United States, uh, it's the media. The media is putting on a lot of reality TV, sisters and brothers fighting and, and, and all this kind of bad stuff. A lot of people don't have close relationships with black folks, and this is all they see. And it's the media company's fault of putting out all this trash and then black folks, we want a couple dollars here. We want money. So, you know, they'll go on the show uh, and act a fool on a lot of the reality TV. How much of uh, uh, the problem could be put on white folks? Are, are they to blame because of this program? I'm going to let you take this. <laughs> <laughs> I got an opinion. <laughs> I feel like the deep the the media issue is a surface issue i feel like the deeper issue of reality tv and how it escalated like crazy is the perception that when people watch it they feel like i can emulate the people on tv that's where i feel like the issue is and i feel like you can't blame anybody for that issue but people in the household and how they grew up that might not be where you were looking so you're saying, so, so you, but, but you don't see it as like hey this is some big conspiracy are uh, these white folks are doing stuff that's very damaging to the culture. It's their fault. You I don't, don't, you don't, I don't see it's their fault. Do you know why? Because I guess a lot of people who are driving these shows behind the scenes are white, but they're just gravitating towards where the money is. They see it. They see an opening. They see we're eating this stuff up. They can make a lot of money off of it. I don't think they're but people make money. I mean, you blame drug dealers who are making money. They see an opening selling crack. Right, but you're still going to hold the drug dealer accountable. You will, but I also think that f fixing it is deeper than the drug dealer. Right. The the to me the issue with reality. But TV, how can you fix it if the media is just all over the place? You're programming that stuff. The media can push out whatever they want, but if you have a certain mindset and know not to like feed into it, it doesn't affect you. And I feel like that's where the deeper issue comes with reality TV. Like for me. 
I love reality TV, but I watch all types of reality TV, not just the ratchet black reality TV or the the bad white reality TV. You like the you like the reality TV where they're tearing off someone's weave. It's entertaining, but me as a person and how I grew up, what a lot of people didn't, they can't watch reality TV the way I watch TV. I just watch it as pure entertainment. I don't watch it and look at it and be like, I now want to marry a basketball star and I now want to live this life and I want to do whatever I can to live my life like the people on reality TV. And I think that's the bigger issue because the media can put it out there, put it out there, put it out there. But what you do with what they're putting out there is the big issue. Let's say folks uh, have studied this stuff and they say this is very damaging for um, a lot of folks in the black community. Okay. You're saying, do you believe like, hey, if, if let's say the research showed that this is very damaging to the people uh, in the community, uh, that are you inclined to say that, hey, it's more of black folks who are consuming this stuff being the problem and the actors in it who are playing along than the, the media companies trying to make a buck? I have a theory, and I'm not sure. I don't think you can place blame on any one segment Mm -hmm. but I think reality TV just plays on human issues right it's like you want to be you want to feel better than somebody you want to feel like that person's crazy and I'm not and I would never be with that guy how can she be with that guy you want to people like to gossip I think there's like all these things that are just kind of like inherently human things and reality TV has picked up on some of them and created this thing you know this this entertainment style now I'm older so I grew up knowing TV was not real, like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, that's not real. The Cosby Show, I didn't see any families like that, like, you know, two black professional parents. I saw it there, and it was nice to see it there, but I didn't see a lot of that work. And I was from, you know, privileged town, whatever. So it it wouldn't bother you if the writers for Oxygen uh, said, uh, hey, we need you to coon a little bit more. Uh, let, let's write If in. anyone oh, told oh, me oh, to oh, coon, oh. I so, would so, be So upset. not using the word coon, but you know what I mean. So we want So you. we're seeing how you feel about reality oh. TV. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, okay, so no, 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 no. I, Hold on, I let, agree. Let me finish. Let, okay. me finish. let me finish. So there was an uh, um, uh, entertainment company. I'm not going to say their name. And we had started exploring doing something. Uh, but the people who were involved, the black folks said, you know, they want us to uh, come in the office and start fighting and the white folks wanting us to do all this coon stuff. And no, we're not doing it. We're not we're not doing that. Now, if we're going to talk about reality in terms of us doing business, us working with each other, us having fun together, us solving problems together, we can give you that reality. But the white folks were coming in and saying, no, we need some fighting. We want you to start fighting with that other employee and this and that. You don't have a problem if, if if the entertainment industry is doing that at scale, meaning that to get the ratings we want, we want desperate black celebrities and actors to come get a check, and we just need you guys just to start fighting, start pulling weaves off heads, uh, uh, cheating on each other, and just let's just we need we need you guys to really mix this up, right. Of course you have a problem with it, but the question is, 
why are they wanting you to fight? Is it just so they can make money off of you? Yeah. Or, or is it so they can destroy the black community? No, they're, no I'm not but saying they're that, trying to destroy. They're just trying to make money. Right. They're so they would do money. that if you were white and they know that's going to make money and they want white people to fight. They would do that if you were Asian and they want white, you know, they want Asians to fight. I feel like their agenda is money, whether you're black, white, Asian, True. orange, I, or whatever. I agree. But so, do you have, a, even if their agenda is money, do you have an issue though? Of course. <laughs> of course, because nobody could, should be able to tell our stories aside from our people. Like they're the ones behind all of these shows, but they can't tell our stories better than you know we can. But I also feel like the but also reality TV isn't necessarily our story. Right. It's like one piece of a of a lot of things, and I think to me that's the problem. It's like the saturation. There's not there are so many more black voices out there now mm -hmm. than there were even a few years ago, um, but there's still this is so prevalent. You know what I mean? And it's like being in the theater watching a black movie or a, a movie from um, a black perspective and not knowing if that person, that white person next to you is laughing at the same thing that you are. It's it's that kind of like, I don't know, are, are you laughing at me or with me at this thing? You know what I mean? And, and I feel like that's the thing. Like th they're on, you know, cable networks. They're always on like every night there's mm -hmm. a reality show mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, and it's totally saturated. And then, but that doesn't mean that it's the only thing. And I think that's the problem. Like white people, a lot of white people may see a lot more of that than of the other black things that are telling all of our other stories because this is a tiny little fake story right. that you're seeing, you know, stage story that you're seeing. It's all scripted in a way. Where could people check you out online? Um, on Instagram, I am at the JM Life. Uh, and then our properties and all of our content can be found on i1 Digital. Have you heard of Friendster? I'm on Friendster. I'm just kidding. I um, know you. You have. To <laughs> <be on that>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm V is for donuts on Instagram, and yeah, all our platforms. Hello, beautiful global grind, Cassius, uh, Matto Noir, Bossip, Hip Hop Wired. Check us out. Thanks for coming on the show. Let's go. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Go. You can check me out at Jamarlin Martin on Twitter and also come check us out at mogulden.com. That's M-O-G-U-L-D-O-M.com. Be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter. You can get the latest information on crypto, tech, economic empowerment, and politics. Let's go.